Welcome to the Blood Brothers Podcast. I'm Ben Steiger, your host, and today joining me is my friend David Silva. And uh, man, really excited to have David on today. Uh, we we are actually uh, new friends, uh, and we can we can say we are friends for sure, not just acquaintances. Yeah. Uh, we have lived together. I mean, he has lived in our home with my family for. Yeah. Uh, a, a, week. Little, a week or a little, week, little yeah. over a week, yeah. and uh, he had to put up with me, and man, I had to put up with him. He was such a handful. I tell you what, you know, we, I didn't know what we were getting into uh, when we opened up our doors to, to David, uh, but let me tell you, I am thankful uh, that we did. He's been a true blessing, and we've Thank had you. a lot of fun. Together. Yes, we have. So. Yes, I have. I don't know about you, but I, I have. Why have you had fun? Oh, just different experience. Uh, all the outdoor stuff. Yeah. All the shooting, all the driving around in the <laughs> in the side by side. In the woods. Yeah, doing in the this. woods. All the information about deer hunting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you, learned, you learned. Yeah. You learned. I thought it was going to be more about me. But whatever. And you're, you're an interesting character. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I had I had a I had a great time. Have had a great time. Yeah. So, David, uh, real quick, just tell tell where you are from, and you can you can talk about your nationality, but where you're from and right. and whatnot. Right, right. So nationality. I'm a Brazilian citizen. Okay. But uh, I work in Nepal. I live there. I have basically my whole life. Yeah. Um, and what I do there is work with the mission, Apple of God's Eyes, or the nonprofit side of it is Hope Mobilization. And what we do there is shelter. We run shelter homes, have shelter homes for victims of human trafficking and mm. um, girls that have been brought back from India and a few other places, even internally, and we shelter them. A lot, a lot of it is that. A lot of it is also prevention. You know, a lot of the girls that are in areas of risk or that their siblings were involved or are involved. And so if, if, if the elder sister was sold, the younger, the middle sister was also sold, you know, we go in and we take the younger sister and mm. we, we, we bring them to our care as well. So that's what we do there. A lot of mainly working in the sheltering and education sector there and then working in the health sector, everything, everything God tells us to do, man. Mm. Yeah, that's incredible. I've been so encouraged uh, hearing and learning about what uh, you do over there, what your mission does over there. And we're going to dive into that uh, some this morning with with our listeners and viewers. Uh, but man, it's been just a lot of fun uh, hanging out with you and get, getting to know you. And uh, you came because Hawken mm -hmm. had gone over there on a trip. That's right. He he felt like it was something that God. I mean, it all happened so quick. I mean, he. That's very right. It got. He felt like he was supposed to go on a mission, and uh, and God just made that clear to him that he was, and he started considering where to go. I think this just came about like in in. Uh, Let's see, he was in Nepal, what, two months ago, a month and a half ago? A month and a half or so. month and a half ago. And I'm pretty sure that it was maybe June or beginning of August that he got the idea. 
mm -hmm. that God placed that idea in his heart. And then he had a couple different opportunities, but he was going to go with uh, an organization called Atlas, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, uh, and then through Atlas, there was another team too, wasn't there? Yeah, so he went through Mayhem, who went okay. through Atlas. Okay, yeah. yeah, Mayhem Missions. And, uh, you know, Hawken was going to go and use uh, his background in physical uh, education, strength training, this, that, and the other, to work with some people over there in Nepal was, was what he understood. And then he ends up going over there, never been out of the country, never been on a mission trip, yeah. and he meets you. That's and right. uh, the interaction was, was enough uh, that it changed, changed his life, oh, and Mine a too. deep, deep friendship was yeah. formed between the two of you. And Hawking came back uh, with a vision of what it could be, and he felt like it should be that, and we should find a way to be able to come alongside uh, you guys in your fight over there. And so, anyways, one thing led to another, and just a couple weeks ago, we were saying, David, it would be awesome if you were able to come over here. We could spend yep. some time with you, yep. get to know you, your mission, your heart. You get to know us take part in some events we have going on and uh, and find find out if if God wants us to move forward with uh, with with ministry in Nepal and I think it's very clear that that is to be so without further ado let's uh let's dig in well wait I do want to uh, I do want one more one more thing tell us a fun adventure crazy crazy thrill that uh, that David Silva has experienced uh, in life crazy thrill honestly just my life all this traveling yeah all this traveling all these experiences I get uh, I think is unbelievable yeah I think is unbelievable you get to travel all travel over the all world. over the world so far many places over 25 countries Wow and you know you you think it'd be expensive, but I don't know how. I know God always provides. God always always giving me opportunities to go somewhere new, meet some new people. Yeah. Uh, always building bridges. Always, you know, this web that God has put around my life, and you know, things always work out. Things always work out. Sometimes I get to fly in luxury. Sometimes not. Uh, right. And it's always just a mystery, and I'm just following. Now, mm. the other one, I will say, you know, the biggest, like, crisis or, like, awakening moment of my life was the Nepal earthquake, 2015, 2014, 15, I believe. And uh, I was on my way to church, and everything started shaking. And it was a crazy traumatic experience for the country. However, for me personally, you know, it... it uh, it helped me look inward of like, hey, if you had died today, would you be with Jesus? Mm. Um, not that the area I was at was extremely affected. It really wasn't compared to other areas, but it was a really awakening moment in my life. And then after that, I decided to go to mission school for at least a year. I was already in missions. Obviously, I grew up in missions. I wanted to see, you know, the biblical side of it, wanted to be somewhere in that environment. It was a crazy, crazy time. Mm. Right after the earthquake, you know, we worked 
for months without stopping. I mean, sleeping for three, four hours a day. And it really, it flipped the switch, flipped the yeah. switch in me. Hmm. So it was, it was a great. So for those of our listeners that don't uh, recall that, uh, I mean, thousands of people died. Thousands of people died. Thousands. And, and news says about 12,000 or so, 15,000 or so, but I say, I know from what I saw, it was much, much more. Horrific, you know, and the infrastructure that was damaged, the people that were yeah. displaced. Yeah. And still to this day, you know, many people haven't recovered. No. You know. No. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Nepal, uh, when people think of Nepal, a lot of people think of Mount Everest. Exactly. Uh, most people don't necessarily consider where it's at, that it's crammed between China and India. And India, yeah. And uh, those are two powerful forces uh, in your world. Uh, I'm sure there's some good, but there's a lot of bad too yes. with that. Yes. And uh, uh, yeah, but you are a surrendered man uh, that Trying. is jacked up and imperfect just like me or anybody else. Yes, very But much. you have been called to this mission to rescue girls or to to shelter and educate and to come alongside. And there's no getting around it. Like that is your calling. Yeah. And you don't know any other way to do it. But a couple of years ago, you were, or last year, you were here in the States and you were offered a position mm -hmm. at a prominent church. Um, and uh, what did how did how did that decision go? Um, so I had always wanted to live here yeah. in the United States. Not necessarily I wanted to live in the United States because it's the United States, but I just always thought that financially it would make it was the right decision to make, you know, because yeah. I wanted to take care of myself. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to. Live this, live, live a good life financially, right? Financially yeah. stable yeah. life, yeah. and somehow I was given the opportunity to come work at a church, which to me at the time, well, maybe even now sometimes I get confused, but uh, it seemed like the perfect combination of I've always wanted to, you know, stay here, live, lead a financially stable life you know, in the United States and do well here and work in ministry. Yeah. Uh, I never thought I would really leave ministry. Uh, I had considered it. I thought about it. I had even tried a few times. Uh, but when I got this opportunity, it, it seemed like the perfect, the perfect, the it's, perfect thing. It was thing. your dream. It was the dream. It was the dream. And the place I was going to work at was perfect. I mean, I loved it there. I do love it there, actually. Mm -hmm. I get along you with visited them. this past week. Yeah, exactly. And I get along with them very well, very well. I consider it almost my church even, mm -hmm. even now. Yeah. I do consider it my church now. Yeah. But uh, I had to go back to Nepal uh, even while we were trying. And I realized that, you know, I was running away from from what God really wanted from me. But it took me a long time to understand that. And, you know, I was trying to do things my way. Maybe I still am sometimes. Sure. But 
it was not the answer. It was not the answer. It was not the time. And it was not the right, it was not the right thing to do. I don't think my heart was in the right place, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I wanted to help. I was working with, you know, younger people, which is what I want to do. But, you know, I felt a God pull in my ear. Yeah. Yeah. Like he always does when I'm not listening. <laughs> and and so I made the decision to leave that and stay in Nepal and work with the mission there regardless of finances or security or assurance or anything. You yeah. know, it felt it felt it felt like it feels like uh, there's no other way. I couldn't do something else. I can't. I I would never now yeah. turn my way. I don't think I ever even had that choice. I was just distracted. Uh-huh. But now we're back on focus. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good, you know. And uh, we think we know what uh, what we want, and and what you wanted here was a good thing. Uh, you know, I believe what, so. What yeah. you wanted to accomplish here was a good thing. You wanted to invest in young people, uh, but sometimes. Oftentimes, good things aren't the best things. That's right. And God was calling you uh, back to Nepal, and He said, "All right, I'm going to do this." You know, just the other day we were talking about, uh, you know, Isaiah, uh, who will go, who will I send? Who and I send? Uh, there was no getting away from it. God had your number, and He said, "I get it, God." And uh, so we're going to dive into to yeah. to more of what you do, but real quick before we do, uh, so from that point that you said, I will go, I'm going to do this. You know, so, so our listeners, what I love for them to experience is, uh, you know, how we run from God, you know, stories of how we run from God, but then when we turn to God, what God does. And what was that like internally, that experience of, I'm doing my thing, I'm making it about God, but I'm doing, doing my thing, and then saying, this is what I was made for. This is my purpose. What what internally did you experience when you got it? Um, a lot of how do I say this? Like this will to fight is something that was. I always had it. Yeah. Um, I always had it. Even when I was here, you know, I would, I would die for Jesus. I've always believed mm-hmm. that. And in Nepal, you mean, initially, at least when we got there, you know, you could, I could prove that. Yeah. Uh, and but when I decided to, you know, I surrender now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just this. I'm not gonna say anger. But like this. Uh, will want like I want to do the right a thing. Passion. This pa- passion, passion. This, yeah. And when I got there, when when I started, you know, working there, I saw. You know, God started to become, unlike before, the first thing I turned to when I faced something. Mm-hmm. Uh, God started to become like I wake up in the morning, and even if it's small, like I lose something, God help me find it. Mm-hmm. Or even something big, like, God, I'm facing visa issues to stay here in this country. You know, you want me to stay here? Mm -hmm. And instead of me turning, like, hey, get a phone call, 
you know, this is the problem we're having. Instead of me going on the internet or calling someone that I knew who could help me fix the problem, the first thing I started to do was, hey, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. what, what do you need? Which is not something I used to do. Uh, but I think after I decided to surrender, uh, it's, it's something that has been building up more and more. Of, mm. uh, and this is not to say, you know, I, I sin every day. Mm-hmm. I make mistakes every day. Every day, which sucks, <laughs> but uh, you know I feel like more than ever, more than ever, this assurance, the certainty that Jesus has me, like he, the Holy Spirit has me, mm-hmm. He has my back. He's already going where I'm going to go. He's already been where I'm where I've been, and I just feel at ease of where. I'm being led. I don't think I'm at ease of, you know, as a person of where I am spiritually or in life, maybe. Like, I want to do more. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm at, I don't think I'm complacent. I don't think that's the right word either, but I don't, I'm not at peace of where I am. Right. You're not settling. I'm not, not I I don't think that will ever happen, but I am at, I'm at peace very much very much at peace of where I will go yeah. and how I'll get there and what will happen along the way, mm-hmm. uh, which is not something I had before, which is yeah. when, even when I was, you know, working in the secular sector for very little, but I did. And, you know, you would think that I would be more at peace when I had the paycheck, had, you know, wake up, go to work, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's not, I don't have that. I wake yeah. up, I wake up now more at ease with myself than, yeah. than before. Yeah. Much more. Yeah. The surrendered life, uh, you know, where you are just living in God's hands. You, you said you're not a missionary, but you very much are a missionary. I mean, you are counting on God for your every need, yeah. you know, and... Uh, we've had in-depth conversation about finances and this, that, and the other, and you are completely dependent on the Father to meet your needs, mm-hmm. your family, your your your, yep. your family, brothers, sisters, mom, dad, your ministry needs, and uh, because you have this passion and this conviction that has led you to a deep place of surrender, that it's all God's. You have no concerns, no worries. Now, does that mean you don't have con- you don't show concern or worry? No, I we're, do. we're we're made of the flesh and we, we struggle. Yeah, but, many. but I've seen you live it out, and uh, you're a man that that I can easily say, dude, I want you in my corner. I want you to be my friend. I want mm-hmm. men like you in my life because it causes me to want more Jesus, you know, and it's good. So we just have a few few more minutes, and uh, I want to share maybe maybe take five minutes. And it's not near enough time, uh, but, you know, kind of like you shared with me the other night, Friday night, uh, you shared with many people, uh, kind of, uh, and what you do and, uh, the, the difference you can make and what the harsh reality is, uh, in, in specifically Nepal, but how that reality is everywhere. Would you share something about that? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, because of the mission, the mission's goal, right? The to, school, and the, yeah. yeah, to prevent um, human trafficking, prostitution, 
But our focus, right, is underage. Our focus is um, just because in Nepal or many, many, many places, even here, mm -hmm. you know, that's such a problem and there's such a market for it. Uh, and so God has called us to help those people that have been through it and to stop people that would go through it. So please clarify, what is it? Right. And the, pro the it is human trafficking. It is underage prostitution, right? The sex trade is the problem. Um, that is what we want to stop. That is something we're trying to stop. Now, unfortunately, the reality of it is until Jesus comes back, it will probably never stop. Mm -hmm. uh, my job in life, mm -hmm. my goal in life is just to make it as hard as possible mm -hmm. for people that want to get involved with prostitution, underage prostitution, to make it as hard as I can, whether it's the trafficking side of it, whether it is the customer side of it, mm -hmm. um, everything. And so the issue there is, the issue there is, it, will, it won't stop until Jesus comes back. I say that because of the world, the world, and it's lost the way. We have lost the way, right? Even mm -hmm. us men that are trying to, I personally anyway, I'm trying to follow the path that God have led for me, has put down for me, and I want my morals to be His, and I want to be like Jesus, you know, but for the world, it's distorted, and it's not, it's not what God wanted, it's not what we want as men, as, as God-fearing men, and so that's the issue. The issue is this, it is a market, it's a market. These guys will go, they will pay, they will, it, it, and they will rape children and women mm. to satisfy to satisfy their lust, to, to fill that hole that we know can only be filled with the Bible. Mm. And, and so that's what we do. That's what we've been called to do. But that's also what, you know, anyone who's a God-fearing person is called to do. That's not just us. You know, do the right thing. Follow Jesus' commandments. Follow Him. Follow the mm -hmm. path that He laid out for us. And, and so what we spoke about a lot on Friday was the role of men, what men do, and what they should be doing. And, you know, if men don't have distorted reality, uh, if they don't have, if they have, good morals is not the right term here, but, you know, if they are men of character, then this would never be a problem. Mm. You know, if men cared about what men are supposed to care about, which is protecting others, leading others, uh, then I would not, we would never be there, mm -hmm. right? But a lot, most, unfortunately most, uh, worldly men, and even, even some men that are, say that they are Christians, you know, they will, they will let the flesh win. Mm -hmm. I let the flesh win many times, mm -hmm. you know? And so 
and so they will go and they will in our case in our case they will men fund this market mm -hmm. right they will pay and because of they're paying for anything i'm talking about whether sleeping with children sleeping with women or whatever else they want to do mm -hmm. uh, they fund this market and then the cycle continues and you know you can use the example for there but you can use the example for here with you know pornography for example yeah uh you know you're paying uh and you're going out of your way to continue this right this curse and so that's what we're trying to stop that's what mm. we're called to stop <laughs> and it's a sorry i don't mean to cut no you off. no that's it yeah yeah it's a sad sad reality you know you had shared the other night that uh um, you had once heard a trafficker. Exactly. What, what did he say? Exactly. He said, she, she said. Mm. Uh, See, I thought it was a, no, a he. No. Yeah. Uh, there was a person that's very involved in that. And, you know, yeah. well, the quote was, drugs and guns I can only sell once, can only be sold once, but women I can, I can resell over and over. Yeah, yeah. He, and he, so. Yeah, you had shared that, uh, you know, girls that get caught in this. And you have a really neat video that can be seen at the 12,000. What, That's what, right. What's, what's ally.org. The 12,000 is there. Yeah, the 12,000. It, it shows just how uh, girls in culture in Nepal and, and I'm certain other areas, uh, girls are led into this lifestyle, innocent. Uh, mm -hmm. but then just get sucked into it in a way that it seems like they don't even have a choice. And a lot of it comes from a lack of education, but it ends up where they're being raped 20 to 30 times a day. A day. They are not seen as human beings. They mm -hmm. are, are seen as stock. Mm -hmm. you know, it's nothing different than an animal, and it is disgusting. And, you know, the problem you said is men uh, and it's not just men that are doing the horrific acts or aiding the horrific acts yeah exactly but it's men who are doing nothing exactly exactly it's easy it's easy to say i have my family you know i i go my nine to five i don't i don't i'm not involved in this market i'm not i don't i don't go out and prostitute myself uh, but it's not easy to understand that just because you're not directly involved with it doesn't mean that you're not doing something. Keeping quiet is just, not just as bad, but it, it helps in yeah. the person that's doing the bad thing. So the, the men that don't do anything, unfortunately, they want to believe, we want to believe, you know, I'm not, I'm not involved in this. Right. And so I'm not helping, but keeping quiet helps, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. And the seating idly is not what we are called to do in anything. No. In anything. Uh, that's not what the Bible tells us to do. That's not what the Spirit leads us to do. Yeah. And so the men that are involved are the problem, but the men that don't do anything, that see what's wrong with the world and don't take action. Yeah are yeah. also part of the issue. 
Yeah. In any case, in any issue. Yeah, with it, with with any sin. Uh, some individuals not tapping into their godly potential, you know, being obedient to the Spirit's leading. But, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to close us before I I do. Is there is there any specific thing that you would like to just leave with our listeners? Uh. I will leave them with the same verse as I left on Friday, mm. I believe. Uh, you know, who shall I go? Isaiah 6, 8. Who shall I send? Who shall I, yeah. who shall I send? Yeah. You know, send me. I'm here. Yeah. And whether it's actually physically doing something over in some other country or in your own town yeah. or to your neighbor's house or at your own church, anywhere. Uh, just to... You know, get up and do something. Yeah. To be doers of the word scripture exactly. tells us not just hearers but but doers and uh, you know, there's a lot of spiritually fat individuals with, with a whole lot of head knowledge, uh, but a lack of function of uh, of production, you know, where they're consumers and they consume, consume, consume. But that is of no value if you're not living it out. You, exactly. know, you talked about you know this side of eternity until Jesus comes back, until sin is wiped out. Uh, we are going to have these horrific, disgusting uh, aspects of, of sinfulness in our mm-hmm. life. And uh, at times it feels hopeless. But, man, we serve a God that brings hope to the hopeless who can redeem and liberate somebody from death to life. And the only time that something becomes hopeless is when a man gives up or a man does not do what he's called to do. And uh, how do we make such a difference? Or how do we make any difference at all in this craziness of life? is one man at a time, one kid at a time, one woman at a time. When we love like Jesus loved, and we love others. We're making a difference. You never know how a conversation is going to influence your neighbor, your coworker, your wife, your husband, your kids, uh, the stranger that God just puts on your heart. We are called to be obedient to the things that he calls us to. And it might seem so small to us, but we have no idea the eternal effects on it. And one thing I love about your story is talking about when you recognize your purpose. Like, yeah, you had been doing all these good things throughout your life in partnership with your mom and dad, whether you wanted to or not. But it was when you said, this is what I am called to, that you got passion, you got fire, you got drive, and nothing else mattered. You were willing to give up your life to love Jesus by loving others. Mm -hmm. And that is freedom. Mm -hmm. That is fulfillment. That is purpose. That's what I want other people to experience. And you can only experience it through a surrendered life yeah. and uh, I have a feeling this won't be the uh, the last time that David is on this, this podcast but uh, before we go uh, David uh, is in his organization they're building schools they're doing a lot of work and they need tremendous help uh, financially but uh, some of you uh, might be willing to partner with them financially. And I would love it if you would go to bloodbrothers.com uh, and, no, I'm sorry, bloodbrothers.org 
and uh, man, make a donation under general fund and put in the notes uh, Nepal. And we would love to get that money to them. But the greatest thing you can do uh, is to pray. And I'm not yeah. discounting being yeah. obedient to if God God puts it on your heart to give financially. But, yeah. but pray for our friend David mm-hmm. Silva. Pray for the ministry apple of God's eye. Pray for those children. And do your part. Live for the Father. Love God. Love others. Simple brilliance. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Blood Brothers Podcast. Please like, share, follow, and uh, in- send us some encouraging words. How has this podcast spoken to you? Thank you. Talk to you next time. <laughs>